0: The last time the Ole Miss Rebels came to Tuscaloosa, they upset the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. They beat Alabama two of the last three times. And as Nick Saban said last week, quote, I think the ultimate disrespect sometimes is when someone quietly thinks they've got your number, unquote. Saban must have had his players feeling it, too, because they went out and put up a cool 66 points against that Landshark Defense. You're listening to the 14th episode of the third year of Pat's Interference. We got another good one for you. We're going to be talking this Ole Miss game, dissecting it, offense, defense, special teams. And then, of course, we look forward to the big clash in College Station against Texas A&M coming up this weekend. Don't go away. We're going to break down everything Alabama football and more. You're listening to Pat's Interference.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Pat's Interference. This is the Pie episode. That's right, year 3, episode 14. Excited to bring it to you. This is the Bama episode. We'll be going over the absolute slaughter of Ole Miss and looking ahead to playing in College Station yet again. Feel like we do this every year. Can't remember the times when they're in Tuscaloosa. Always feels like we're at Kyle Field, but regardless, we're going to bring you... A little bit of a preview for that game. I am one of your hosts. My name is Patrick Norwood.
0: I'm Patrick Brickman. You do realize we don't get another pie episode for 28 years. Wow. 28 years because, of course, this is Season 3, Episode 14. We won't get another one until Season 31, 31 Episode, episode 41 or 4. Yeah. So we gotta. you better savor this pie episode. We should have baked a pie.
1: We should have. To celebrate. Maybe. Maybe we can do that on our on our Twitter, which is uh, at pi underscore podcast. By the way,
0: shameless plug of our own Twitter on our own podcast. Hey, buddy, uh, how you feeling today? How was your weekend? You know, we had some football, and how did you how did you uh just how was it? Yeah,
1: weekend was long. Weekend was long. Had a lot of work to do. Got a lot of work to do this upcoming weekend. I was able to watch a game, which was nice. It wasn't that nice because it was so late, but it was nice that I was able to watch it. Um, this weekend I will be able to watch our game, but that's pretty much it. That's seven prime time time slot are the only group of games I'll get to watch this weekend, which is okay. I mean that's Well you that's li- okay. you
0: work in an athletic department, so you're a busy guy.
1: I uh, yeah. Yeah, we're 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 cranking it up. Uh, soccer and volleyball are just now getting in conference play and basketball season is right around the corner. So we got media days for basketball coming up. We got an alumni weekend this weekend. We always got something.
0: Well, that's that's uh that's fall sports for you. Um, I uh, luckily I'm off weekend. Actually, I I will be working this weekend. I wasn't supposed to, but apparently there's a little hurricane Nate brewing out around uh, uh oh, Mexico right now. That the European hello. model has coming right over Panama City midday Sunday. Oh no. Um, but who knows? There's a cone of uncertainty. Every time we think we're getting one, we're not. Right. It, we're in that stage, so we'll see. Um, but if it's coming, we'll, we'll we'll see if we have a uh, podcast later this week on Friday. Probably can still get that in at least, but um, it's going to be busy if that thing comes. Anyway, I got to watch the game this weekend. I went to that same spot I mentioned last week, The sure. Place. Big uh, fan. They were late. It's a late game at Alabama, so we had nice live music during yeah. the Alabama game. Good. It was wonderful. It was great. And the guy was really wildly entertaining. So, uh, all things good here. All things you know, good you here. You know what
1: else was entertaining, Brick? Yeah. Uh, Alabama outscoring Ole Miss uh, by 22 times, if you will. 66 to 3, the nobody. final for that one.
0: Nobody, and I mean nobody, beats Ole Miss by 70. You know, that's my new favorite thing now. That's, I that's saw it all over a, the place. such a bad joke. La, no, last week it was nobody, and I mean nobody, puts up 60 points in Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. No, 66-3. to three. Uh, We were both wildly off on our score predictions, although I don't think either of us are complaining.
1: No, not at all. I just don't ever anticipate an Alabama offense going over 56. Wasn't it the don't. first
0: time – in forever that we'd hit 60 under Saban? This is the most uh, points they've had under Saban.
1: I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, I will
0: say, we're not going to talk special teams this week because there's not much to say, but I will say that I am completely off the Papanastos train because oh, he no. missed a field goal. And had he made the field goal, we would have scored 69 points. You're right. I'm, You're right. I'm, I'm shaking just thinking about it.
1: I know you are. But I. Told oh, you the not jokes to we'd anything. have on
0: this podcast.
1: Yes, the jokes you would have on this podcast. The uh, jokes I
0: would have on the, would rival the Chubb jokes. J-
1: J- Jalen Hurts, twelve for nineteen passing, one hundred ninety-one yards, two touchdowns, and one hundred and one yards rushing for a touch. Uh, what's What's more impressive to you from this game? His his throwing ability or his running ability.
0: Uh, actually, this game, he, he he really wowed me on the on the throwing. This was I by agree. far his most impressive game of the I season. I thought his
1: throws over the middle were fantastic against this, Ole Miss.
0: This was his most impressive game since Mississippi State last year. I still think that might be his best game. Um, but this was, uh, he hit Cam Sims on a nice, I want to say, 60-yard catch that was just, he rolled. He, it was the best throw he's made in a Crimson uniform. He hit... Uh, Josh Jacobs on a wheel route, which uh, good quarter, even good quarterbacks always forget to look for that one. He had him on a right. wheel route for a touchdown, and um, he was he was very efficient. He had now I will say I'm not giving him an A plus for the game because he had a red zone pass that should have been picked off potentially for a pick six. The guy dropped it. This was early in the game, but other than that, one bad throw there. I'm giving him an A minus.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give him an A. Uh, you know, just for anything, it's just his rushing totals have just been ridiculous. You've got a pretty good stat that we'll tease here for later on. But, you know, he didn't play most of the game. Still had over or almost 300 yards or 300 total yards. Oh,
0: he's, he's, really he's, only, he's only played one full game this season, you know, and I predicted he'd go to New York. But our team might be too good for him to go to New York, if that makes any sense, because he, he never plays past half. He plays one drive into the third quarter and he's done.
1: Woe is us.
0: Whoa, whoa, is whoa that's Jaylen. a horrible, horrible problem to have. I, know, I do want to mention this because if this keeps up, I still think he can go to New York uh, based on the A.J. McCarron treatment. We are the like only that. team across all three levels of football, FCS, FBS, and the NFL, that has zero turnovers so far this season.
1: You know we're going to have like eight on Saturday because you just said that, right?
0: I'm sitting at a wood desk. dude. You heard that, right, in the microphone?
1: All right, I did. I do there hear that. There you go. There you go. A little nat sound for you on the Pat's <laughs> Interference podcast. A little nat sound. Natural uh,
0: sound for those in the business that are out of the business. Natural uh, sound.
1: Two of the tank, touchdown, Tua. the Hawaiian punch, uh, showing yet again that uh, uh, he's going to be just fine no matter what happens. He's he's going to make it, he's going to be all right.
0: He had a rushing and a passing touchdown, I want to say.
1: He did. He did. He uh, sure did. Running backs all solid. Uh, Harris, both Najee and Damian had great games, but the thing I want to talk about right quick. Uh, Ronnie Clark scored a touchdown. Uh, Ronnie Clark has torn both of his Achilles uh, tendons. He's been switched over to tight end, and he had a rushing touchdown uh, last week after uh, almost having one against Vanderbilt, but then instead uh, Coach Saban decided to kneel it. Uh, Great to see Ronnie Clark get a touchdown. Awesome story uh, to see that guy uh, come back up and land on his feet a little bit. Uh, You could feel
0: the impact. The whole team, the whole team went to greet him.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was like they had won the National Championship. It was it was great. It was really, really great. Uh, opinions overall on the offense before we move to the defensive side of the ball?
0: I can't, you know, I can't complain at all about what they've done this season. I really, I really can't nitpick too much because they've run the ball, and that's what we complained about last year. They've run it well with everybody, and they haven't turned the ball over. And those are the two things as Alabama fans. I, we know we're stereotypes as Alabama fans, but those are the two things Alabama fans want to see. Run it, don't turn it over. We right. don't care about the passing yards, and I'm not going to say, oh, they're not passing enough. We don't – we're winning. We're putting up 66 points, 59 points, 48 points, and we're not turning the ball over. We're not even right. giving the other team a chance to take it away from us. We're not fumbling. We're not throwing interceptions. A-plus A a plus, a plus in this game.
1: Yeah. No, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I didn't really ever feel like Alabama was out of control of the game. Um. You know, it's 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 crazy for me to think that Alabama's closest game this season was a 17 point win over the then ranked three team in the nation. Um, you know, now whether or not that's an easy schedule is a different discussion that we can probably have at a later date. But it's also tough, no matter who you play, to only give up eight and a half points per game, which is oh, what and, Alabama's and, and averaging now. In conference right now.
0: play, we're giving up one point five. We've outscored conference ridiculous. opponents 125 to three so far. You can't complain about a team that does that. We can nitpick because I did just say they almost threw an interception, and yeah, uh, you know they, you know had Ole Miss put one drive together. But I thought Ole Miss would get more on offense. You know how much I like that quarterback, and we made him look foolish.
1: Made him look bad. Made him look scared. So let's um, talk about the
0: defense. Let's talk just, about them.
1: Just the pass rush was just everything in this game. It's it's it everything that we better. wanted to see. Um, you know, obviously the big storyline coming out of this game, uh, Deshaun Hand gets injured. Um, you know, it's late, it's, it's late in the game, very or late third quarter with a forty-two point lead. I, I told you I was furious with Saban at that point. I thought Deshaun Hand's career at call Alabama me down. was probably I, could, I
0: couldn't bring it back home.
1: I was, I was, I was, I I was pretty yet. far gone. I was pretty upset. Um, you know, luckily it looks like he'll only be gone three or four games. Sprayed MCL. seal. The block looks a lot worse than it actually was, yes. uh, and i was I was very upset, but on a lighter note, Levi Wallace with two picks uh one of them for a touchdown, correct
0: one of them for a touchdown yes, it was uh, he, he, did, he, he says he didn 't even know he had the interception at first, he thought he dropped it, it was on his hip, and he turned around and started running. luckily, the receiver gave up on the play, and he, yeah, uh, he took it to the house, and everybody was happy he 's becoming this year's guy you know we have, you and i have had that guy last year we loved eddie jackson and it seems like they're always in the secondary the year before you were a big cyrus jones guy still am. um still are of course but he's quickly becoming that guy that for me i'm falling in love with i mean he's I, a I like that
1: walk-on. yeah former walk-ons are always fun i i still like ronnie harrison the best out of that backfield right now just that guy has the chip on his shoulder that i always look for when we kind of pick that player um you know i i think that uh I I think that Levi Wallace is great. I think he's got a great story and everything, but I I don't depend on him like I would Ronnie Harrison. Oh, I'm not
0: even talking about depending. I'm talking about a guy that puts in his time. He's a senior, former walk-on like we just mentioned, and he's showing these guys that want to Kendall Sheffield, um, Blake Barnett, all these guys that want to leave immediately when they're not making a huge impact. He's showing you can sit, you can wait, you can learn. we got great coaches here. He's turning himself into a draft pick for a guy that shouldn't be a draft pick.
1: Hey, how about you go ahead and just throw those guys under the bus there? How about how about you you hold them over the fire a little bit? I like that. I like oh yeah, that just calling them out a little bit.
0: I'll call out Kendall Sheffield. He didn't even play a snap at Alabama. He redshirted one year. He was supposed to. He could have started this year. He was that talented, and he did. He left.
1: What about a because little Copper Batman action?
0: He's a, well. He's another one. He he didn't leave in the middle of the season, and he left late in his career. It's more about these freshmen that leave early to me. Cooper Bateman, I have no problem that he left. I do have a problem that he, you know, trash talked Saban before the season. But when he left, when Cornwell left, I'm fine with them. They were never going to play. Sheffield would be playing this year a lot, but whatever, whatever.
1: Let's uh let's talk a little bit about the numbers. Let's go to the numbers. Um, you know, uh, go ahead and give me your stat. You 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 tweeted a really interesting stat the other day, and you were texting it to me. And if I'm being honest, I went back and double-checked your math because I wasn't sure. It just doesn't sound right. right. It's that crazy, but go ahead and read it for me.
0: Well, I was just – usually on Mondays or Tuesdays, I kind of got a lull, and I just started thinking about football because the beginning of a work week is so miserable. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm just sitting there, and I'm daydreaming, and I'm going, what would it take for Jalen Hurts – to be the all-time Alabama leading rusher, he can't. It can't. It can't be something crazy. He runs it so much, and he's a sophomore. So I, I look it up. Leading rusher in Alabama history, Derrick Henry, three thousand five hundred nineteen yards. A uh, great player, obviously, running back. Sure. Jalen Hurts, um, a season and a quarter into his college football career, one thousand four hundred thirteen. So I did it this way. I was even a little generous with it. I said. All right, so he's going to stay the starter and say Alabama plays 14 games a season. This is them essentially losing in the playoffs in this scenario. I don't think that's going to happen all next three years, but I can't say they're going to the national championship every year. 14 games a season, next three years. If he starts, he needs to average 60 yards per game, and if he does that, he becomes the all-time Alabama leading rusher. For his career so far, he's averaging 75, and he runs the ball a lot more now than he used to.
1: Yeah, I, I think you could easily see him up there in the in the high eighties next week.
0: I think you could. He's, he he breaks a hundred every game now, even if he's coming out of halftime. Yeah, he broke a hundred this week. He broke a hundred last week. He broke a hundred against Fresno State, Colorado State. I think he did too.
1: So let me We're ask you something. Alabama always talks about how great the running backs are. How great the running backs are. Is this something that is good for the university or bad for the university as far as you know recruiting running backs goes?
0: Oh, he's. It's, it's, it's not bad at all. I mean, he's gonna he, he might leave Alabama, as people might be saying, he's the best player to ever play there. I don't think he's going to be a big draft pick. That's why I didn't put him leaving after his junior year. But, I mean, the numbers he's going to put up, the games he's going to win, I predict he'll have at least one, maybe two national championships before he leaves. Um, and, and at the same time, being a four-year starter, he could break all the passing yards. I, don't, I didn't do the math on that, how he needs to break A.J. McCarron's career yards. Uh, Because McCarron was a three year starter in his own right and threw for a lot of yards, but he could do it if he starts four years, and he might be able to leave as the all time leading passer and rusher. That's legendary. It's great for the university.
1: It is. It is. I think it's great for for the evolution of that position, too. And, you know, Alabama's always pegged with getting that, you know, prolific pro style quarterback pocket passer. It's great to see somebody kind of break that mold. We kind of had it with Blake Sims. Uh, You know, you definitely didn't have it with Jacob Coker. Now you're getting it again with Jalen Hurts. And like you said, you know, depending on how long he stays, that could be something that's a theme. Could be a real big theme. Um, my, my stat, uh, I, I read it uh, three or four times. I had it texted to me twice. Um, here it is. The last two games, okay, so that's Vanderbilt and Ole Miss, Alabama has gained over 1,290 yards of offense. Over all five games this season, from Florida State up until right now, the defense has given up 1,245 yards. It's less. That's that's insane. If if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have laughed in your face.
0: I think I'm going to say it. We have not been totally fair to this defense. Cause we're, and we've said not to, but I feel like you and I are still kind of, you know, missing a lot of what last year's brought. Missing the touchdowns, missing the Superman sacks. This one is so good in its own right. I don't know... I'm going to gonna own up. I don't know that we've given them enough credit.
1: Yeah, no. I. I the thing, I, I don't know if it's that we haven't given enough credit. I think we haven't recognized how much depth this defense has. I mean, that that linebacking core, the entire bench for that linebacking core that regularly plays could start anywhere else in the SEC right now. And they're on our bench. And then you look at guys that are starting right now, or Sean Evans, you know, um, all of those guys coming off the edge are just beasts. Uh, You know, they, they remind me of the 2011 team. Just C.J. Mosley, Dante Hightower, Courtney Upshaw. All those guys just played their asses off. And,
0: and we don't even have two of them there. Two of yeah. them are injured for the year, and they're still playing so well.
1: Right, right. Uh, Defensive backs are the same way. Defensive backs, I think, have a lot of depth. Levi Wallace played great. Uh, Anthony Everett, we talked about earlier this year. He's played great. Minka Fitzpatrick speaks for himself. We talked about Ronnie Harrison all the time. You know, I, I think he leads the team in interceptions. So you have so many moving pieces and parts, and obviously the D-line lost a lot the past couple of years, but who can argue and blame, or not blame, but who can argue with the results that they've had so far? So uh, let's so tell you're people right.
0: to enjoy it. Enjoy this defense too, just like last year's. Enjoy it because next year, I will say next year, that secondary you just mentioned, they're all gone. They're gone. Both safeties, Fitzpatrick and and Harrison are gone. Uh, Wallace is a senior. Averett's a senior. Tony Brown's a junior that's very talented that, you know, you never know. He could decide to go to the NFL if he wants. You never know. I've seen worse guys decide to go to the NFL off of Alabama, so you know, we're Next year's secondary is going to be a complete that's, – that's going to be our main discussion coming into next year. And he's right. season four of Pat's interference. So um, enjoy them while you got them. Enjoy them while you got them because they're very good. Uh, overall thoughts from the Ole Miss game before we wrap that one up. You know what? How are you going to remember this game?
1: Uh, I'll remember this game as the game where I, I keep worrying and waiting for kind of a sleep game where Alabama just kind of doesn't necessarily take a, a game off. But just kind of, eh, something just, something's missing. You know, they come out flat, or they don't finish strong, and this is going to be the game that I remember where that just didn't happen yet again. And it's just so impressive to me that that's not happening. Um, so that's what I'll take away. What will you take away from this game?
0: I'm surprised at how motivated they were. I know why they were motivated for Vanderbilt. It tells me that Nick Saban is the ultimate motivator. He somehow got the team to, to get to have a chip on their shoulder because he said, hey, they beat you guys two years ago. And half the team wasn't even on the field that day. And he goes, hey, they beat you guys too. Jalen Hurts wasn't on the field that day. Najee Harris wasn't on the field that day. All right, Bo Scarborough had a torn ACL that day. And he still was able to go, hey, they beat you guys two years ago. They think they got your number. And we still – and then we just went out and whooped them. And we're showing the SEC, fine, you guys want to be down, be down. Be down. Do whatever you want. We're going to keep doing us. So that's how I'm going to remember it. And uh, 66-3, you can't argue with that result. So this weekend – uh, we leave Tuscaloosa, we get on a nice little plane, we're going on another SEC road trip to one of the more tough places uh, to play in the conference, I'll give him that. The 12th man is legit. We're going to College Station to take on the Aggies, uh, who are fourth in the nation in sacks. Could you see their pass rush uh, maybe becoming a problem?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit, you know, anytime you see a team that's ranked that highly, um, you know, it is going to be an issue. They've got, they've also got great talent and, um, you know, forcing turnovers on the ball. Uh, I don't, I, I'm sure you know this. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on the podcast. A uh, kid that I used to, when I, my summer job when I was in high school was working at a summer camp, um, you know, and not the greatest area of town. But one of the kids that used to come to the camp every day that, you know, I, I really liked. He was a great kid. Uh, always, you know, very bright. That's something I always remember about him. Very bright, very well-spoken, um, you know, and just an athletic, just overly athletic kid for a 12-year-old at that time yeah. he was. Uh, could have binge-pressed me when he was 12. Um, Tyrell Dodson. You're Dotson. a small dude. I could have pressed you when but I was 12. Also, no, you couldn't have. <laughs> I have seen pictures of you from when you were that age. There's no way. You were a string bean. You were a fishing pole. Uh, Anyway, what happened? Tyrell Dodson is a great linebacker for Texas A&M. He's had a pick six this year. He's had a couple of big sacks. Um, Do I think he's enough to really contribute and make a difference? Not really in this game. But I I would be lying if I said that I didn't wish that I could see him make a couple plays. Not anything big. You know, not a pick six. Not a big sack. Don't want him getting anyone hurt. I wouldn't mind to see him kind of meet somebody at the hole and, and and come out on top. I I think you'll, it'd be nice to see.
0: You'll give him a nice tackle against Josh Jacobs, then.
1: Sure, I'd love that. I would love that. I, I <laughs> nice I'll root for that. tackle against the first um, running back. He's a he's a part of a very talented linebacking core. Uh, Texas a kind of mirrors Alabama in a weird way. You know, Ooh, defense, I'm interested
0: to see what happens next year.
1: Defensive line, meh. I mean, not meh, but you know what I mean. It's it's not it's not the part of the defense that you look at. Linebacking core and defensive backs, at least for me, that those are the parts so far for Texas A&M that have stuck out for me this season.
0: Yeah, I I actually um, I, I think this will be a tougher game than our last two. Obviously, a road game at College Station. I see um, I see Texas A&M's defense is very boomer bust. You know, they give up a lot of yards. They give up a lot of stuff, and 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 teams like Arkansas can put up forty on them. But they also are make huge plays. They're very opportunistic at times. Um, they will take advantage of, of big mistakes. It seems like 50-50 balls, A&M is always able to come up with them. Um, you know, if balls rolling around, somebody fumbles it. Somehow an A&M guy always seems to get it. They're, they're havoc causers. They're not solid. They're not a solid defense. They're not even particularly a good defense. But they can cause problems with the way they swarm, with the way they play, with the way they're coached. And, you know, they, are, they can tip a ball and get an interception anywhere it seems. Um so the team will have to the offense will have to play another clean game. You know, they can't get this whole, hey, we haven't had a turnover thing get through the head because the moment that happens they're gonna have one, two, three, four, five. So, um, yeah, you know, that's the thing. But I'm gonna ask you before we get into what a and M might be able to do to win this game, I wanna ask you uh what you want to see from Alabama going up against the Aggies.
1: I'd like to see a nice little copy of the twenty fifteen game for those of you who our Alabama fans you'll remember that as the famous uh y- y'all had a stead and buried game um you know it, it's it, for me this will always hold a special place in my heart um that that year and that team um you know Henry's just coming out party it was Henry's coming out party we gave him the ball a thousand times bless the kid's heart uh Jacob Coker lowered his shoulder into a Texas oh, A&M linebacker run. The Coker uh, run, I forgot was, about that. And don't forget, he had another run of eight yards to play before that to extend the drive.
0: Multiple was, players have said that's when he won that team. Yes. That's when he won them over.
1: That's when he won it for me. <sighs> we w- we were still having discussions, you and I, about who was best for that position. We were.
0: we were. I forgot we were having discussions late. And you know, the funny thing is, is that Elvis impersonator has such a soft spot in my heart. The one yeah. year he started is so special.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, and it's it's something that, uh, you know, that's so that's, like I said, that's a game where, you know, the season kind of took off from there. Um, you know, I'll never forget the first play of the game, Derrick Henry comes out and Texas A&M is running a nickel package and he rushes for 26 yards on the first play. I'm like, if you're doing that, it's going to be a long, long day. So I'd like to see, I say that because I'd like to see that type of game again in Kyle Field. I, I think we have a great opportunity to see that, especially with the depth we have uh, not only at running back, but also with our wide receiver core, you know, because somebody's got to be down there blocking. We've got a couple of tight ends who are very talented at blocking, but also slipping blocks and sort of getting out in the flat and making a man miss for a first down. All the the uh, Colin peak Preston dial days. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's what I'd like to see most from this game offensively, defensively, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, don't don't give out the big play. Uh, stay focused, get after the quarterback, and you know, feel free to come out when you need to come out because you've got a lot of depth behind you.
0: I'm gonna go. Well, you just kind of said it for the defense. I'm going that way for the whole team, and it's gonna it's gonna be this this same song and dance for me until Alabama has a quote unquote bad game. Just keep on doing what you're doing, right? You, you're outscoring your. Conference opponents 125 to three. Another two more of the bottom tier opponents in the conference. But teams aren't supposed to win conference games 66 to three, no matter no. who it is. Right. Not supposed to happen. So, uh, you know, don't don't overdo it. Don't get you know way out of control and way too overconfident like your Miami in the 80s. But just keep playing your game. You know, keep don't don't have a down game. Don't just. I want to see this team stay on a mission, right? Last year's team was on a mission. 2015 was definitely on a mission. When Alabama's on a mission, that's when they're playing their best football. Just want to see it. Um, But at the same time, we have to be somewhat equal on a podcast. So what can a Texas A&M do? This is potentially, this is best-case scenario for the Aggies. What can they potentially do to make this a close game going into the fourth quarter and potentially, again, quote-unquote, pull off an upset?
1: I think Texas A&M has to disrupt Jalen Hurts in the Alabama offense. Whether that's stacking guys in the box and then just playing really, really tight nose defense, uh, or tight knit defense, excuse me. Um, you know when it's time for Jalen Hurts to throw the ball around. Um, whether or not that's something that's feasible for them, I'm not really sure. But I think playing good, solid defense, understanding that you are going to give up some touchdowns, but trusting your offense to score. And just making sure you're limiting those big play opportunities for Alabama are going to be crucial for Texas a and to win this game. Also, I think they got to control field position. Force Alabama to go 98 yards to beat you. Force Alabama to go 90 yards to beat you. Make Alabama convert a third and seven to beat you. You know, I mean, if, if you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's not you're the worst team, you just got beat, people say a lot. Make this game that if you lose... Make sure it's because they were just a better team, and that's it. Don't make it because you made mistakes. Mistakes will kill you against a team like Alabama.
0: Yeah, right. And, you, and to beat Alabama, you, you, you're right. You work from the inside out. you got to stop the run. You have to make it seem that we can't run. You have to get Brian Dable thinking, I can't run against these guys. And then you just got to make Hurts throw and make him throw poorly. Uh, we haven't seen that happen this year, but we haven't played many great defenses yet. I think another thing – could be you know, they they have players. They got they got horses on this team. A M's got players. They've got skill position. They've recruited skill positions as good as anybody in the conference. They've got Kellen Mond, the quarterback. He's a true freshman, but it's about damn time AM fans got to see finally one of their big time freshman quarterback recruits hit the field before they transfer. So he's sure. that guy. You know, he's a dual threat. He's young. He was a four or five whatever star he was. And um he needs to come out and play the best ball of his career. Not do what Shea Patterson just did. And then you got a uh, Keith Ford, Travion Williams, both very good running backs. Just running backs don't happen to scare me uh, against our defense. And then Christian Kirk has got to play lights out, right? He does everything for them. He returns kicks, punts, and he's their top receiver. He has to make plays. He has to, he he can score on anybody because he's that talented. He's gonna have to have one or two big scores. Yes. So. A lot of things obviously need to happen. We've seen before that's how you upset Alabama, but we haven't lost a conference game since two years ago against Ole Miss. They need to have something like that. Something hectic. Yeah. That's it. That's their best case scenario. Or we get another sixty six three on our hands. Because we tried to do this last week. What can Ole Miss do? And, you know, none of it happens, zero percent.
1: What do what do you what do you actually see happening in this game, Brick?
0: What do I actually see happening? I see us, um, we haven't had too bad of a problem scoring early. I think we come out, we get an early score. Um, I think we have a kind of a lull as they start to make an adjustment. I think they'll be able to adjust better on us than other than the other two teams because their talent matches better. It's not to our level, but they have more talent on the field.
1: And it is a home game.
0: And, in, and it is a home game. So they have more people on the field than Vanderbilt and Ole Miss did. Um, yes. So... Uh, but I really, I, I just, I just see this being A&M has still, you know, we're giving them praise, but they have a host of problems on that team. Uh, they have a lot of problems on that defense. You saw what UCLA where it was able to do to them, even though a lot of it was very fluky, but Arkansas just put up a bunch of points. They have trouble tackling. They have trouble defending the deep ball. They have trouble, uh, tackling running backs when they get in space and they don't really hit you hard at the line of scrimmage from what I've seen. So. Right,
1: I think the game against Arkansas last week is very damning uh, to Texas A&M. Just because if you can't figure out that Arkansas offense, oh boy, you're in for a long year. It doesn't get much more black and white than that Arkansas offense. They don't, you know. There's not another school in the SEC that really telegraphs their plays as much as Arkansas and LSU do. So I think Texas A&M's in for a world of, excuse me, but a world of hurts. Okay. Uh, because it, it, Brian Dable's offense can be confusing to read. There's a lot of read options. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of sneaky route-running guys getting out of the backfield, slipping up the field for eight or nine yards. We saw the wheel route to Josh Jacobs last week. I, I think, in all seriousness, this game, I could see Alabama coming out and scoring a little bit less than we're used to now. But remember, a little bit less is now below 45.
0: Yeah, for real. So, and there's so much There's so much that can happen on that Alabama offense. I just yes. want to build on what you were saying. There's so many pieces. A lot of teams, like you just mentioned, Arkansas and LSU, it's, well, either our running backs are working or our quarterback is completing some passes to our receivers. You know, it's just – maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but, I mean, with the running threat of Hurts, if you're shutting that down, well, we have five running backs. We'll never have a tired running back. If you're shutting that down, you know, we're completing either short, medium, or long passes to receivers – we can do all of those things. It seems this year,
1: right? Yeah, I, I, for my score prediction, I'm going forty-five ten Alabama.
0: Forty-five ten. Hey, that's very close to what I was gonna say. I was going, I was going forty-eight. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll stick with you. I'm gonna just say we'll score we'll, one more touchdown or I guess X field goal. I think we're feeling about the same with this forties to teens, in my opinion.
1: I like it. I like it. Brick, is that it? That's it.
0: That's about it for this week. We're in that we're in those dog days, if you will, of the season. Oh, you like this transition, don't you?
1: Hey, speaking of which, break.
0: Dog days of the season.
1: Uh, a great a great uh, shelter that that your good friend Patrick Norwood has worked at. Actually, right after I moved to High Point, worked with his shelter. Uh, took him to Hanging Rock. Uh, took a bunch of adoptable dogs up to Hanging Rock. You Uh, fell in
0: love with so many dogs at this place.
1: It it was great. Oh, it was great. Uh, There was – my dog was – the dog – excuse me. Sorry, Skylar's laying right next to me and heard me say my dog and then didn't say Skylar. She's very concerned right now. The dog that I was walking that day uh, when I volunteered uh, was named Sayla. Very, very cute dog. Sayla always had to be in the front of the pack. We're going up this mountain. It's like a three, four-mile hike. She had to be up front. Had to. Did not want to be behind any other dog. Was pulling on, leash, pulling on the leash, pulling on the leash, pulling on the leash till we got to the front of the line, and then she just stopped. The leash had a whole lot of slack. She's a sweet girl. You know, and kept turning around, looking to make sure, okay, everybody's still with us, here we go. Great dog. Great people over at Rough Love Rescue. You
0: kind of uh, do that, by the way.
1: I, I do. You actually kind
0: of do that. Every time I've been in a situation where there's more than just me and you, you walk really fast. I do. And then you turn around, and, and I'm a slow walker. I break, I take things in, and you you put pressure on us.
1: I do. That's just you're how like,
0: I oh, am. Ooh, ooh got to hurry. You know, I I'm, I'm I swarm the to scenes. where we're going. Me it's and my Kelso, mindset. Kelso, God bless her. Well, we were at uh, this is a way. Uh, last summer we were at Universal together. This is just a little story about Norwood. Kelso um is one of our dear friends, and and her and I were tired, and you you just take off. You're 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 wanting to experience the next thing we were tired and we wanted to experience all the weird people around us. And we just kept saying, we don't care how fast he's going. And we just, every time you turn around, we, we got, hey, there he is. Yeah. So you were, you were like Selah, Selah. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Sayla. Uh, yeah, no, my brother and I are both that way. My brother is even worse. My, my brother is gone. He doesn't care if you're with him. He has left me in airports before when we were young and I should not have been left in an airport. That is a true story. Uh, now, he came back and fouled me, but it, the kid's gone. Kid's gone. He doesn't care if you're with him or not. He's got that New York state of mind, and he's, he's ready to go all the time. Uh, anyway, let's, let's get back to it. Rough Love Rescue. Uh, it's Ruff in Thomasville. Rescue. If you want to reach him uh, through the mail... P.O. Box 2013, Thomasville, North Carolina, 27361. Uh, On the intertubes, you can email them at dogs315 at northstate.net. You can find them on Facebook at Rough Love Rescue. They post everything there. They're constantly at events in the High Point, Greensboro, Winston-Salem area, uh, Thomasville, Kernersville. Um, They were even in, I, I think they were in an event in Concord. Brick, I know this doesn't make any sense to you, but for all our North Carolina listeners, they'll be really impressed with all those little uh, little cities and little tidbits. towns that I just named. RuffLoveRescue great website. You can see all the adoptable dogs they've got there. Uh, founded in nineteen ninety nine, uh, great people who are really just trying to do everything they can for dogs. They're kind of one of those shelters that take in dogs who are really on their last leg, uh, really really needing a home, and uh, they're they're no kill, uh, all that jazz. Um, I know people who have adopted from that shelter, um, and you know their dogs are top notch top-notch. Well, there we so, go. There we there go. go. I like
0: it. I like it. Uh, and that will that will do it for that'll for, do this, it. for, for yeah. today. So um, I'm going to do our social media outs. Please You heard do. us earlier. If you've listened this whole way through, you're about to get them again. At PI underscore podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Facebook is Pat's Interference with an apostrophe S. Of course, our website is patsinterference.com. It's a good place to listen to the podcast if you're by your computer or by your laptop. If you want to use it from your handy cell phone, uh, you can go to iTunes. If you're on Android, you can do Google Play. Uh, There's also an app called Stitcher you can download that I used to use when I was an Android guy. And uh, those are the ways you can listen to us. I do want to uh, give a little update. I said last week I'd be working on a soundboard for the podcast to give us a little extra. I'm still working on it. It's coming along fine. I've got three or four sounds that I've picked out. I can't wait. I want to make sure that before we use it, I know how to do it from here. It'd be too hard to go back and edit it. It needs to be something that happens in the moment so I can just punch it, and we'd be good. Uh, but it's coming. Um, we teased a couple of the sounds. You know, We always have the joke of Obi-Wan. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I love you it. Know. Uh, DJ I'm sorry. Paul I'm giddy for this. fall there. So that's an update on that, and there we go. I'd say the pie episode, what's your favorite kind of pie? Chat. <laughs>
1: Chess, well, chess, or Boston cream, but Boston cream is kind of cake, you know. It really is. What What about you?
0: I'm a pecan pie guy. See, Do I, I well figured you'd be pecan. a
1: generic, a generic pie. Like apple I, like apple. Pecan, key I like apple.
0: I like a cobbler, but give me a pecan pie with a with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream on it. That's I'll
1: send one your way tomorrow, my friend. to to commemorate this episode year three episode 14 that's going to do it for us hey be listening later in the week we might do a national episode if we don't don't get too mad at us it's our podcast we can do what we want but we promise we're going to keep you up to date with everything on twitter we'll definitely talk to you next week going to try and crank out that second episode this week no promises but most importantly brick roll Roll tide. tide